Gentlemen, welcome to the Alpha M Podcast. Wherever you are right now listening to this, I want to thank you for your support. In this podcast, you'll get my views on lifestyle, self-improvement, and business, all in an aim to unlocking your confidence and helping you feel the best you can every day of your life. Also, at any time during this podcast or if any of my videos have helped you in the past, please feel free to leave a rating and a review on the platform you're listening to this. Five stars, of course, would be awesome, but I'll leave that up to you. Every week, we're going to read out and feature a few of my personal favorite reviews. So lock in and enjoy today's episode. Now, before we start today's episode, this is Paul who works with Aaron at Enemy.com. I'm going to read out a couple of Alpha's favorite reviews that have been left on the podcast recently. But this episode's a good one. It's a recent conversation between Ranveer from Beer Biceps and Alpha himself. And in this episode, they speak about finances, love life, the importance of hard work, and also how do you find work-life balance. There's a lot to unpack in this episode, and trust me, it's a good one. But onto a few of your reviews. This one comes from Corbin Blake. He says, my new favorite podcast. I've always liked podcasts and I've listened to a bunch but this one. I've heard about your story and it's gotten me back and working on my business idea that I've had for a few years now. I'm very young and don't plan to launch this until probably after high school, but I can't wait to get it there. I know it will be tough, but working and listening to this podcast is keeping me motivated. Thank you, sir. You are a true alpha. This one comes from Dan Gray 7602 He says, great advice. I'm a huge fan of podcasts and what you can learn from them. This podcast is awesome and I also follow Alpha M on YouTube. He gives great advice and you should highly consider listening to this podcast. And then the last one comes from Kenny. He says, loved it. Very informative. Appreciated the content very much. Looking forward to more content and I can't wait for the next episode. So on that note, let's dive in. Oh my God, we got a Beer Biceps Alpha M collab coming your way. (laughs) Aaron Marino. What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. Welcome to the Ranveer Show. I have been a fan of yours ever since. I, I mean, all of a sudden, it seemed like I started seeing all these little little comments on my videos about, oh, you need to go check out Beer Biceps. And I'm like, Beer Biceps? I'm like, what the heck is that? <laughs> and so I went and I looked and the information and the videos that you were putting out like literally blew my mind because I'm like, man, this guy gets it. He just gets it. And, um, and it's been really fascinating and amazing for me personally to watch your growth in this journey, personally and professionally. And so to be on your podcast is a true honor. To be talking to your people is, is also amazing. So thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, my brother. Welcome to the Ranveer Show. But I have to begin this podcast by telling you a story. I don't know. Uh, actually, you may not be able to see it behind me, but there's a board. There's my study desk right behind me. And... I started out this journey in 2015, August, and I think you were at about 700k subs back then. And within a week of starting out Beer Biceps, a friend of mine sent me your channel. That was the first time I saw Alpha M and I binge watched a lot. (laughs) And um, I think very soon after that, you hit 1 million. I remember your growth from 700k to a mil was like very, very fast. And in that one, that 1 million video was super emotional. But you also mentioned that you took seven years to hit that mark and it was, you know, true hustle. So it inspired me. But the other thing I did was I kind of used your blueprint as a reference. Uh, So I actually wrote seven years on a piece of paper. And until I hit one million, there was a seven years, uh, that, that paper with the seven years written on it was on my study table. And behind it, it was, uh, I'd written Alpha M. But you so, did it before, but you did it before seven years. It was much faster. Yeah. 
yeah that's that's the advantage of being in <laughs> india you know like having like so many people um but man i cannot explain to you it's not just me there's a lot of brown dudes out there who have met you have no idea how many people your voice is reaching out to so how does oh. that feel oh man it you know it's overwhelming to be honest and that was something that um you know youtube and this whole platform and and realizing that you have the ability to affect so many people it was it was almost scary for me when i realized it and and i've said this before but i'll say it to you to uh to your audience as well you know youtube has made me be a better person and really the reason is because i don't want to let anybody down and you know it's very very upsetting to me when i see these people that i admire and you know maybe they're celebrities or or people you know in in politics or whatever it may be that you know you have this this image of them and all of a sudden they do something that totally like shatters your perspective of 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 who they are and it really lets you down and so youtube has has made me realize that with this incredible voice this inc- incredible platform i've got a responsibility and i've got a responsibility not to not to let people down and so that for me required me to sort of walk the walk and so youtube has as as a result you know indirectly caused me to be and and beneficial you know it's a benefit but it's caused me to be a better person and so um it's overwhelming though i mean realizing that you know what this is this is the opportunity i have the fact that people actually listen to me and and want to hear what i have to say it was very it was it was life changing for me and um it it feels amazing but it's also a little bit scary because i just don't want to screw things up you know i i'm telling you your army of fans believes in you completely man like i have this big mentor uh, in my life who has always told me that ranveer you've got to aim to create a thousand other ranveers and as long as you do that you'll have achieved your goal and i just want to tell you man like anything i'm doing through beer biceps you have been a part of like the inspiration behind that so um on a personal level you help give me a lot of confidence both as a youtuber and just as a brother um and okay for example like one quick example is that we're both like on the shorter side we're around the same height and i remember watching a video of you talking about how short guys uh, should dress and you know yeah. carry themselves yeah. uh man hearing you say that just kind of uh, it was like this explosion of confidence for all the short guys over the world you know so and uh, that's the one thing that that um you know i hear from a lot of guys who are on the shorter side and it always upset me to hear them talk about their height like it was some handicap or it was some you know some personality flaw or something i mean being short is just a, a characteristic you know and just because you're short that shouldn't be an excuse and don't let it be an excuse in order to not go after your dreams or date the girl or date the guy or or accomplish and be successful and make a lot of money like being short has nothing to do with it it's just a characteristic of you your personality or your your person and and we're all beautiful and different in in different ways you know everybody has insecurities and um and i personally don't believe being short should be one of them and um and i've never let it interfere with my ability to go after my dreams and my goals and be successful and i just i hope that that through my sort of my experience and my being able to sort of talk about that and letting people know hey look i'm a short guy i'm confident you know don't worry about it it's awesome being short is amazing uh hopefully it helps you know other short dudes out there uh around the world and so apparently you got a little boost of confidence and and i love it i love it love it love it 
100%. For those of you wondering, we're both about 5'6", five, 5'7". Six, five, seven. Five, uh, six and oh, a half, I, man. It's a very important yeah. half inch. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. That's about like 170 centimeters for you European listeners. And uh, the other thing I really want to ask Aaron is that... Uh, now, here's the thing. After watching your channel, I definitely learned how to dress better, how to take better care of my grooming routine, all that. But the other big kind of ability I gained is the ability of confidence to just go and talk to people. And I believe that both when it comes to the women and when it comes to business, that's that one ability that just makes you, uh, you know, it puts you in another league. So, man, I want to ask you earlier when you were way younger, I know you're, you're, you're Alpha M now. You're like the, the symbol of international confidence. But back in the day, <laughs> yeah, back, back in the day, uh, did you ever let your height, uh, you know, talk against you? Did you ever have a voice in your head that kind of chipped away uh, at your confidence levels? My height, no, but other things, yes. Um, like what? You know, it was, uh, you know, I grew up um, with um, with an abusive, or actually two abusive stepfathers. And um, and so from a very young age, I was very aware that I, I needed, well, I, I don't know that I needed to, but one of the defense mechanisms was that I sort of shut down and it interfered with my ability to sort of stand up for myself. And so literally from the age of like 12 years old until I actually went and, and sought help for myself through, through counseling and talking to somebody uh, at the age of 24, I didn't have the ability to or the confidence to stand up for myself. Confrontation scared the heck out of me. And, you know, it, was in, it wasn't until I was 24 that I sort of embraced, you know, making sure that I, I, I had the tools in order to get over this because I realized that it was interfering with my ability and my life. And so that was a, that was a big issue. Um, another confidence thing that I've, I've dealt with personally is feeling inferior um, uh, intellectually. And one of the reasons for that is because I am not somebody who, who sits down and reads a lot of books. And um, in, in this world that we operate in and, and that we live, a lot of value is placed on people for, you know, the amount of knowledge that they acquire and the amount of, of, of books that they actually read. And, um, and I never really enjoyed reading because I went to this special school that taught you how to spell based on phonics. And it was, you, you would spell how the words would sound as opposed to how they really were, really were, um, you know, spelled. And this was something that, you know, for most kids, they they have an easy ability to switch over and, and kind or in first grade, I did not. And so reading and spelling had always been something that I had struggled with grammar and punctuation. I'm just not good at. And so, um, that's another, one of my big insecurities was the fact that I don't read very much. I can read and I read and consume a lot of content, but in terms of, you know, when people would always ask me, oh, what's your favorite book? And, and I would actually lie uh, for a long time until I sort of got comfortable in the fact that, you know what, some people like to read, some people don't, and it, it's okay. And I sort of, you know, embrace that. And, um, and so, yeah, so we, we all have insecurities. I think that's, you know, you do, I do, we all do, everybody listening has insecurities. Um, and the funny thing about insecurities 
is that they're in, invisible oftentimes, right? And so most people, you know, when you tell them, hey, I'm insecure about this or I'm insecure about that or I don't like the size of my nose or my ears stick out, they look at you and they go, what? Because they don't perceive this as a problem or a fault, but it's it's funny, but we are our own worst critics. And so when we look in the mirrors, we see the five pounds of extra body fat. We see the little bit of man boobs that we might be rocking, but to the outside world, we're perfect. And, and you know, so, so yeah, insecurity, it's definitely something that I've struggled with. Uh, mine have been obviously different than a lot of yours or, or people listening, but I think we all have them. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Mine, and I, I think I'm still dealing with it today, uh, it's this fear of not making it as big as I want to make it in life, man. Like, uh, I, in, I really, really want to become the Jack Ma of India, the Elon of India. And I, I think I'm, I'm on track with it, but, uh, it's just one of those things that I'm trying to make peace with as I grow up. Um, unfortunately though, yeah. what you're falling into the trap that I think a lot of us do. And one of the downsides to social media is that, you know, that we compare ourselves to everybody else, right? You are so far ahead of me, of uh, when I was your age, like uh, of so many people, like you have taken it to the next level and your drive and motivation is such an inspiration, not only for me, but I'm sure everybody who watches you and consumes your content and meets you, you know, you're, you're inspiring. And the fact that you had the ability and have the ability to change so many lives, you know, there's, there's, you're, you're a success more more than most people ever would dream to accomplish in a lifetime already. And so uh, don't don't be too hard on yourself. But I understand that drive because you never want to settle. And I'm the same same way. And um, it is it's scary to think about not achieving your destiny or, or what you feel you're capable of. That means a lot, man. That's why you're Alpha M. But uh, if I had to ask you the origin story of this superhero image that you've built out, uh, what would it be, man? What, like, where did your origins happen? In the gym. It all started at 12 years old when my mom gave me a fitness membership to a, a gym and would drop me off after school. That's where it all started. Uh, because even though I had not the greatest home life, I found savior. I found my confidence. I found my voice. I found, I found weightlifting and I found a home. And, um, and it was, it was, it was the gym that gave me my confidence and my courage, honestly, to continue to move forward and press forward. You know, fast forward then, um, you know, for me, my life has been sort of different iterations. One of the beautiful things about, about my journey is that, you know, when I started YouTube back, it was like 11 years ago or something of that nature, 11 or 12 years ago, you know, I was a little bit older than most people that start YouTube. You know, I was, you know, in my 30s. I had already had businesses that have failed. I've had some successes, but the majority of my businesses up until that point were failures. And so when I came to YouTube, I've already lived a life. I've already had, you know, highs and lows and suffered, you know, tremendous loss and been completely basically at my darkest days and my lowest point. And so everything has sort of been on the upswing since then. And so when you've been as low as I have been in regards to business and professionally and emotionally, you know, it, it, and, and you start to see a little bit of success and you start to see that people actually value your opinion 
For me now, what success looks like is, is just being able to do what I love every day and to affect people and help them. And I feel like if I'm able to do that, you know, that's, that's ultimately what, what I was put on this earth to do. And so I'm going to try and do that until, until my time to uh, go to the big wardrobe in the sky. <laughs> Beautiful, man. Um, do you feel that that dark phase was important in order to create you today? Like, do you look back and say, hey, man, that's where I, I got built? I wouldn't. Absolutely. I think that's the dark times are the, the times that define us. It's not the successes, right? When things are going great, when everything's working, that's like, okay, great. Congratulations. But it's those dark times. It's the things that happen to us that aren't ideal, that we've got to figure out. That's what builds our strength. That's what builds our character and toughness. And for me, um, growing up poor, um, you know, going through bankruptcy, having businesses fail, you know, losing my best friend, like all of these things were, were critical to my development as a person and critical to, to me as an individual, basically building my, my toughness, my strength and, and ultimately getting comfortable in my own skin. And so I, I absolutely think that growing up poor is an advantage for those people, um, that don't look at their situation as the defining characteristic of who they are, but just use that as a tool and as motivation to pick themselves up and make something of themselves. Um, the dark times, I, I think that they're critical for development. Beautiful. Aaron, what, what are you up to right now in life? Like other than the YouTube channel, what do you do? So, so right now I'm, I'm at a, I'm at a good point, but it's, it's, I'm, I'm at a, a sort of an inflection point for me personally. I, I have the YouTube channel, which has allowed me to open and run a few different businesses. I have a uh, advertising agency called Menfluential Media, where we represent a bunch of different men's lifestyle influencers and, and negotiate brand deals. Um, I started that with my best friend from high school, Terry. And then I uh, started a hair product business back in 2013 called Pete and Pedro and then about four years ago, I started a men's skincare line called Tiege Hanley. Uh, more recently than that, last year, I launched and developed a uh, custom sunglass company called Enemy. And, um, and right now, I'm in the process of, of starting another business where I'm a main like investor. And um, it's actually going to be a brick and mortar shop that, uh, that is going to be pretty sweet. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that later. I'm not really ready to divulge exactly what it is. But so I got For a sure. lot of stuff going on and uh, just trying to stay healthy and happy. Are you, are you financially in a position where you can stop YouTubing if you want and just rely on these other businesses? Yes. Okay. But why do you choose not to? Oh, I love it. I still do my own <laughs> video editing. Like I, like I get up in the morning thinking about my video. I get excited to film my video. Um, and, and I still get that, that excitement. I get that nervous energy right before posting. I love reading the comments. It's what I was born to do. And so I would do it. I did it for six years without making any money. I'd continue to do it, you know, if I, I continue to do it, even though I don't necessarily need the income in order to sustain myself or my, or my family. How do you come up with so much content? Like you're, you're the blueprint for a hardworking YouTuber. How do you come up with so it's much content? It's so hard. I don't know. Man. <laughs> it, it's so hard. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's getting ideas. It's thinking outside of the box, but the other beautiful thing, when you've been doing it a long time, like we have, you know, things change. And so the, the video that I did six or seven years ago about denim and jeans, 
the information is different. And so it is about, you know, as we as, as individuals and, and creatures develop, our perspectives develop. And so putting out new content based on old subjects also is something that I feel is, is, is critical. Um, and so there's, there's always something to talk about, in my opinion. Now, sometimes it's easier than others, but, but just, you know, just thinking about it. And, and, and I love the creative process and figuring out different angles to, you know, promote and advertise products. And that, honestly, I got to be honest, one of the reasons why I'm able to continue to put out as much content is because I have a lot of advertising that I do on these, on these on these videos. And so when you've got a brand that has a product and they say, okay, this is the product, it forces me to be creative and think of different ways to integrate it into the topic that I'm talking about. So advertising has actually been one of the reasons why I've been able to continue to generate as much creativity and content as I do. I know, I know you're someone who's super humble as a guy. Uh, that's probably because of your upbringing and, you know, whatever you went through in your past. So I, I know for a fact that you're not the kind of person who takes their success for granted. And my question to you is, man, uh, the YouTuber life can be intense. I've spoken to a lot of YouTubers from all over the world. A lot of people dealing with mental health issues, um, you know, confidence issues. Everyone thinks that, you know what, probably tomorrow all this might collapse and then I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so when was the last time you had a phase like that? Uh, Yesterday. Just before you. Oh, okay, <laughs> no, beautiful. Day that. Every day I think that. Every day I I deal with these issues. Um, no, it, it's and 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 it's 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 a constant battle. It's a and and it's 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 a battle with yourself. It's a battle with your brain. Um, just to stay level and you know to not freak out when views are bad. You know we're we're currently dealing with. Um, you know, the day that we're recording this, we're still dealing with this, this, this international crisis, you know, with the quarantine and everything. And, and, and it's affected a lot of, a lot of things. It's affected, you know, my YouTube views, it's affected my, my businesses in terms of sales. Um, you know, and so, so yeah, I, I had a, I had a, I actually had an anxiety attack about two weeks ago when I was driving, just thinking about sort of the magnitude and the fact that, I've worked so hard to to do what I've done and to build what I've built. And, and the thought of not having control scares me. I'm a control freak to some degree. And I think you probably are as well. And, um, and, and so, you know, so, so feeling out of control and feeling like I don't have control or my hands around this situation just, just really frightened me. And I, I had a moment and I got through it. I, I breathed deeply. I meditated a little bit and, and, um, sort of thought, okay, there's nothing I can do to change this. But what I can do is focus on myself and work and be disciplined. And that for me helps me get through the hard times getting back to work. 100%. I, my, my question to you was going to be how did you pull yourself out of it, but you answered it pretty much. Um, I, I once had one of these anxiety attacks recently about a month ago, I was with another mentor of mine. And he told I told him that you know what, I want this to be my MVP season. I've had one bad year. Yep. So I was trying to, I was trying to set up my own media company for the last two years. And I felt like this last one year was my last year where I wanted to be hands on with it. Yeah, and yeah. now I wanted to, I wanted to start focusing on my YouTube game again from this year onwards. And I told him that, you know, I'm, I'm going to be the MVP this year. I'm going this is going to be my year. And he told me that it's great to have hopes and ambitions like that, but no MVP decides that this season is going to be my MVP season and MVP only <laughs> preps himself to play well in one game. So uh, you take one day at a time, you take one game at a time. And I think 
at the end of the day you got to trust yourself with uh, the fact that you brought it from point a to point z so you'll definitely be able to take it further and i also just want to add here that uh, man aren like if you get out in a mall in delhi or mumbai or bangalore uh you will be mobbed that's your level of fame in this country uh, i well, can tell I'm you for a fact place i need to come and see you <laughs> <laughs> you're you're always you're always welcome in india but okay, good. Uh, i i, plan I can to get tell there you for sometime a... when we start to travel again i i do want to actually come because i i do see all the comments um on my videos um uh, from from gentlemen in uh, in your neck of the woods and and i need to come and say hey i mean it really is is amazing the support and the love that i've received um and so i definitely know that i need to come over 100% uh, when you were starting out did you think that you'd be talking to this part of the world as well like did you have that vision i didn't know when i started if i'm being completely honest i didn't know that anybody would listen or watch um this was back in 2008 when i started my channel and so i had no concept wow. of 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 what really youtube was this is before anybody was making any money it was just a place to upload a video i didn't understand what a subscriber was and and really what what hooked me on this platform was on that first video um i i basically got a comment from a gentleman said hey i'm a big guy i don't know what to wear can you help me out so the second video next day i'm filming a video about what to wear if you're a heavy set guy and it was at that moment that i that i was hooked but i i had no idea really what youtube was all about when i started so no i never envisioned this <laughs> at all <laughs> it's been 12 years since you're doing this so where do you think youtube is going to be in 2032 and what do you think you'll be doing 12 years from now you know five year plans have never worked out for me so i don't make them um i don't i i've never i don't allow myself to really think far in advance um i man I don't have any idea. It's changed so much in the past 10 years. In the past 5, it YouTube has changed in the past 2 years drastically. And so I'm not sure. I think I definitely will still be making videos. I don't know to what frequency. I don't know what the content will revolve around. But um but I'm confident that in 10 years, God willing, um I will I will still be healthy enough to to do this and still have a passion to help people and and so I think I'll still be making YouTube videos. In terms of what the platform looks like, I have no idea. Do you believe in God, Aaron? I do. And like what's the origin story of that? Like is it is it a childhood thing? Because I didn't believe in God in my childhood and it's something that kind of came into my life a little later. No, it it's um, you know, it's funny because um i you know what what spirituality means to me is different than what it means to probably a lot of people in terms of an organized religion i i do not practice one specific religion um my my family is italian catholic and so you know growing up um everybody in my family was very very catholic and so you know going to mass going to you know church and everything was was very important my mother on the other hand she was more of like a hippie of free spirit and she did not want me to basically be um locked into the ideologies of an organized religion she wanted me to sort of discover things on my own um and my father is actually a buddhist And so from the age of like 12 he started practicing Buddhism. And so I have seen and then then I I started long story short I started researching different world religions just for my personal 
you know, interest, I, I was interested to see, you know, well, there are all these different religions and are they really honestly like kind of saying the same thing, just using different, you know, names for things. And so I was very interested in religion. Um, and so, um, you know, theology and, and um, iconology is all something that I'm very interested in. Um, I do have a, I feel a very, you know, personal connection with, uh, with my God. And, um, and I think that that is a, a, a big part of my life and, and something that I, I believe in, um, what it means. Do I think that he's sitting on a big chair up there? You know, I don't, um, but you know, I do believe. Have you had experiences in your life where you, your strength in God has like increased after having a certain experience? Not really. And the reason why I say that is because every time I was going through something really bad, you know, like whether or not it was my business failing, I, I would pray really hard, right? Oh God, please just let me get through this. Oh, please let me, you know, let me figure this out. Oh, please, 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 please. And when, when it didn't work out the way that I thought it should, I get upset and I get mad. I'd be like, well, if there's really, or then some, you know, then you see people dying or, or loved ones. My, my wife's brother passed away at the age of 44. You know, you, you see these things. It's like, well, if, if there was a God, like, why would this happen? Um, you know, but, but I think that was a much more like, to, to answer the question, no, but yes. At the time when I'm trying to utilize my spirituality in order to get something for myself, it hasn't worked and I would get upset, but it was in retrospect and only in, in, you know, later perspective that you're able to realize that the best thing that was happening, if there is something else in a higher power that is sort of directing and, and helping and, and sort of guiding you on this journey that is life, um, he, he, she, whatever the, you, your perception of, of, you know, higher power is, um, definitely had a plan, a, a plan in place and, and gave me what I needed, not what I wanted. And so if that makes sense at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. 100%. Um, do you, do you now look back at those moments and say that, Oh, this is what God was trying to tell me. Oh, okay. This is what. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the beautiful thing about hindsight, right? <laughs> you can, yeah, yeah, it's super yeah. crystal clear, but at the time you're so busy being scared and hopeless and helpless and, and fearful that you don't have the ability to sort of see through, um, see, what do they say? See the forest, see the trees for the forest or whatever that saying is. And so, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a journey. It's been a journey for sure. I, I invite you to India to experience like the spiritual aspects of this country, man. Like at some point in your life, definitely make a trip to the Himalayas. You'll, and it's not from like a religious perspective or, you know, it's mm -hmm. nothing, uh, it's nothing ritualistic, but uh, I feel a lot of people go deeper into themselves. They, they become super self-aware when they spend time in certain parts of this country. Yeah. And you that's know, the big. And, and another, like when I feel like I feel closest to like to God and um, when, when I'm in nature and when I see things that are beautiful, when I see the humanity in people, like these are the situations and, 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 and environments where I feel the closest and, and really feel the presence of, of a higher power. And so, um, no, I, 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I watched a documentary recently. Um, I love music documentaries and I believe it was George Harrison from the Beatles 
who came and and did did he come? He came to India, correct? All the Beatles came to India. They yeah. went to a place called Rishikesh. But he was the one who really like embraced it to like like just the next level. And um and you know with the yoga and the meditation and all that and so it's been yeah I I'm I'm familiar and and understand that that is something that I I probably should do in some in in the future. I I think it will happen to you and hopefully we'll do that trip together. Excellent. Uh, but I need a tour. <laughs> I need a tour guide. Somebody show me what to eat. <laughs> I would I would love to be that guy. Um, I want to change up gears completely. And I want to ask you about the best and worst aspect of your Shark Tank experience. Uh, when you did that whole thing, I think you've been on it twice. Mm-hmm. So just encapsulating both those incidents, what was your best and worst aspects of it? The best aspect of the Shark Tank experience was just the process of, of being out there in California and filming the, the episodes. Um, because we make YouTube videos, that was the first time I really saw like the production and the behind the scenes. And so that was like my Super Bowl. And, um, and so, um, I, the, the best part about it was just going out there and being a part of it and meeting all of these other entrepreneurs. Because one of the aspects, the Shark Tank that you don't realize is that they film like half of the season within like a one week period. And all of the entrepreneurs that you see, um, they're all staying at this one hotel. And so you get to actually like everybody at this hotel is an entrepreneur going on Shark Tank. And so the first time I was on, the thing that was so surprising to me was how smart so many people were. And and just being able to be around that many, you know, creative entrepreneurs was nothing I've ever experienced before. Um, I think one of the unfortunate realities of being an entrepreneur is that it's lonely. It's a lonely journey oftentimes. And if you don't have business partners, if you don't have, um, you know, people on your team, especially when you're starting out, it's, it's a solo thing. And so not having the ability or people to actually commiserate with or to share the highs and the lows and talking to your friends who are not entrepreneurs, they don't understand what you're dealing with or what you're going through exactly. They can relate, but they can't necessarily understand. And so going out there and just being immersed in a sea of entrepreneurship and creativity, that was the best part. The worst part about Shark Tank um, was, uh, let's see, what was the worst part about Shark Tank? You know, I think it's, 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 the, it's the decompression afterwards. It's a huge letdown. For me, it was actually the first time I was on. Um, I didn't get a deal the first time, but I was sure that I was going to be able to sell a lot of, you know, my my product, which was the Alpha M Style System. And um, when that didn't happen, and um, the first night it aired, I sold one Style System after the anticipation had been built up for months and months and months. That was very hard emotionally. I, I think I got depressed for probably a few days. <laughs> I, I shouldn't say I was depressed because I wasn't technically depressed, but I was upset and yeah, I was a yeah, little bit I, bummed out. I mean, completely because, get it, man. Yeah, it was, it was, it was hard for me. Um, but those were the two high, that was the high and the low of, of the experience. It was amazing though. I loved, I loved both times. I really, and this is something I've wanted to ask you for a while, probably since I began watching your channel. What are you working towards? What's your end goal? That's something I'm trying to figure out. And I'm being completely, <laughs> and, and I, I know that I, it sounds like a cop-out. I don't know. Um, you know, I think for me, I've got different 
goals for my businesses. YouTube, I don't really have a goal. There's not really this like, you know, oh, once I reach this this point in terms of subscribers, once I reach this 10 million, like there, there's not really that like that that point at which I'm thinking, oh, once I reach this, then like that's it. Um, that's sort of an ongoing thing. But for my businesses, I do have goals, but my goals are, you know, annually. You know, I want to, you know, I want to do better than I did the, the year before, you know, hiring new people and, and, you know, getting over different benchmarks. And so professionally, I have, you know, financial goals. Um, but in terms of, of, of ultimately what I want, I just want to be happy. And I know that sounds like a cop out, but, um, it's not truly, I, I love what I'm doing and I hope that I can continue to do this as long as I'm able to. And I think that the direction, um, will, will show itself to me when, when I'm supposed to see it. And right now I just am focused on, on achieving small incremental goals with each of my, my businesses, small baby steps. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't care to be the Elon Musk of, of, <laughs> of, 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 of my state of Georgia. I just, I don't have that. I just want to be viewed as a successful entrepreneur and I want to feel personally fulfilled. And, um, and so if I, I can accomplish that, I, 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 I've accomplished that. I want to continue to accomplish that and just take it, you know, to the next level. So here's how I look at you. I think people already view you as a successful entrepreneur. Uh, financially, I mean, people view you as like this master entrepreneur, but most of all, I think it's the impact you're creating all over the world. It's not just in your country. Like, I think that's something, uh, again, this comes from your humility that you're not able to digest that, but you have no idea about the kind of confidence you're spreading all over the world. So I think you're achieving your goals every day and you're probably someone who just wants to reachieve it every single day and keep it going. Uh, just like a true entrepreneur. And it helps me. I mean, honestly, it's these little, it's these little momentary sort of glimpses of, of happiness and success and seeing that you're making a difference. Like that helps me and fuels me. I mean, the reason why, you know, I am as, as fulfilled as I am is because I do have the ability to get feedback from people. And, and I do realize, and I get the emails that I am making a difference in some lives. And so for me, um, I don't think there's any bigger, purpose is to, to help people. And, um, and so, um, I'm able to do that. And so I feel good. You know, the fact that I can make a living doing it as well is, is just a bonus. Because you're an entrepreneur, I'm dead sure you're very self-aware. What's your biggest strength and weakness in life? Professionally speaking. Professionally speaking, um, my, I know my weakness. Um, I know I've got a lot of weaknesses. <laughs> um, my, my biggest weakness is, is, myself in terms of getting out of my own way. I hold myself back because I am resistant to change. I am a creature of habit. I like routine. I like to be safe. And one of the, I think that is also sort of a, a unintended consequence of my upbringing, you know, growing up poor, growing up in abusive, you know, family situations, I want to stay in my cocoon. If I'm happy, if I'm safe right here, if I've got enough, if I'm safe, if I understand and feel I can control my current environment, I want to stay here. But unfortunately, as you know, you can't grow without taking risks and getting uncomfortable. And so for me, it's pushing myself and being aware that I need to push myself in order to get out of this, this comfort zone that I'm in. And my best decisions, financial decisions, have been the ones that I was scaredest to make. Hiring people, 
um, taking risks, taking chances. Those have been ultimately the most beneficial, but they were the scariest for me. And so for me, I am not good at, at being uncomfortable. And so that's probably one of my biggest weaknesses. Um, the other weakness I have is I'm a control freak. <laughs> I, 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 even though I understand I'm not good at a lot of things, for me, giving up power and control is not easy. It doesn't come easy. Um, it's come easier in the past few years as I've seen that, hey, if I can get this off of my plate, if I can give something that I'm not great at or I don't love doing to this person, they can run with it. They love doing it. I can do just what I love doing, which is create content and sort of being higher level than, 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 than great. It moves the needle and it raises the ocean for me. Um, and so, you know, that's another, another aspect. But in terms of strength, I think my strength is my ability to work really hard and stay focused even when things aren't fun or sexy or exciting. Do you think that's the one thing you've done right in this whole Alpha M entrepreneurship journey? Yeah, I've, 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 you know, there's another, there's another strength that I have. And that is, as I'm not scared to fail. Because when you've failed as bad as I've failed and been as low as I have, you know, it's like, what's the worst thing that happens? If I try this, if I want to try this and it doesn't work out, what's the worst thing? I'm going to be driving a beer cart. I'm going to be bankrupt. Okay. I've already done that and I've survived. And so my willingness to take chances and risks calculated though. I don't just run into things blind. Um, you know, I have learned a lot over the years. I've had a lot of, you know, failures. I've had some successes, but as a result of the collective, it's allowed me to sort of be willing to put myself out there without the fear of, of failure. Failure sucks regardless of when it happens, how it happens. It sucks, but it's going to happen. And if you truly are going to be successful, it's going to happen a lot, honestly, because I think you're going to constantly be trying and doing iterations of different things. Um, and so, so yeah, so just the ability to not, to not take it too personally and be scared to fail. That's another one of my strengths. Beautiful. Um, so I kind of got to change gears here, but it's in that same mode because you saw bankruptcy kind of early in life. I'm sure that's affected your viewpoint on money. So what do you do with your money right now? And this, I'm not, I'm not asking Aaron yeah. Marino, the entrepreneur. I'm asking Aaron Marino, the brother, like, how do you take care of your money specifically? Where do you invest it? How do you ensure that it's going to keep multiplying? So, so for me, um, I don't have any debt. And that is something where, um, when I went through bankruptcy, when I was starting my image consulting business, um, debt was a, it killed me. It was, it was, it was, it was just, it was, a, it, it killed your creativity. It killed, it killed your joy. It killed my, my passion for life, being in debt and being worried about how I was going to pay my bills. And, and, um, and so, so I swore that once that bankruptcy happened, I would never have debt again. And so I, I haven't. And so all of my businesses are self-funded, um, never raised any money, never taken any debt. Um, and so that's one thing. Um, I also pay for things in cash, pay them off. So I don't have, I don't have mortgages. I don't have things of that nature because it, it, because debt scares me. Um, you know, in the situation, I've always, I say this to people like, I want to be in a position where if the internet explodes and the world shuts down, I'm okay. And my family's okay. And so, um, 
you know, it's sort of, it's funny, but that's kind of the situation that we've been in in the past like month, right? The world is kind of <laughs> shut down and it's like, oh, yeah. I didn't really think I was, I was actually going to have to have, have to manage this. And so, um, I invest in myself. I invest in my, my businesses. Um, I, I, you know, I, I invest in, you know, 401ks and things of that nature. Um, I, I also, you know, take care of my family and, um, real estate. I, I, I own, you know, quite a bit of real estate and, um, a few rental units. Um, one of the businesses I'm about to start is going to be, um, another business that I'm going to be part owner in, uh, but I'm also going to be the landlord. And so I'm going to get rent along with my percentage of, of equity out of that business. Um, and so I also do a little bit of angel investing as well in companies that, that I believe in, that I think are going to do, do good things. And I just want to be a part of their story. And, and it allows me to do what I do, which is have a little bit of money that I can contribute and offer some, some advice where I can, um, and, and, you know, invest money there as well. And so that's how I invest my money. I also, you know, own some stocks and, and invest money in, in, you know, some of the markets. But for me, that's honestly the scariest thing because I don't have control over it. And God. so, but, but yeah, so that's how I, I manage my, my money, my finances. <laughs> Everybody tells me that yeah. I shouldn't pay off like real estate and stuff, but it makes me sleep better at night. So what's the best and worst thing about being an American? <laughs> I guess, uh, I'm not sure what the, the, uh, you know, I guess the, yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question. I've never been asked that question before. Um, <laughs> I think, I think the worst thing is that we're spoiled brats. What do you uh, mean? And, and I think that we, we take a lot of things for granted. We've never experienced true hardship. I mean, we have, you know, over the course of our history, but, um, I think that we are a nation of, of entitled, we feel a lot of our, our people feel entitled to things, including success and comfort when, you know, we are very insulated from the reality that is life and the world. And so I feel like that is probably one of the downsides to, uh, to being, a um, uh, an American is that, um, we're a little bit soft in regard to, we haven't seen war. You know, we haven't seen bombs dropped on our heads. Like we, like here, like we're sort of protected and we're, you know, we're here and we're safe and we're comfortable. And, and this is one of the, I actually it was nine 11. Um, that was one of the first times that I think it really rocked us as Americans and made us realize, whoa, maybe we're not as safe as we, we think we are. And then this mm. situation that we're having right now, I think this also is another game changer for us because we've never experienced this. And so um, I think that, this is good. I think, honestly, I think that, that if there is a silver lining, um, there are a bunch of silver linings in the current, you know, coronavirus, or coronavirus issue and crisis that we're facing. But one of them is that I think it's forcing us to, to toughen up a little bit and to, and to do a little soul searching and, and perspective seeking. Um, in terms of the best part, you know, we've got an amazing country that is, is the land of opportunity. If you've got an idea and you've got an internet connection and you've got the willingness to work hard, you can, you can be a success. And so, um, you know, ever, anything is possible. Got it. But can you, can you break down that land of opportunity thing a little more? Like, what does it mean being, because I, I you hear people say that, but I'm sure living in America, you get a different kind of perspective on that whole statement. I think that it, it's hard to sort of put it in perspective when you grew up here. Um, I think that that is one of the reasons why, you know, I think that people, immigrants to this country have a much deeper respect 
and appreciation for this country and for the opportunities that present itself here. Um, growing up here, you don't know any different. You know that, okay, if you work hard, if you, you know, if you don't, you know, have a victim mindset and you figure things out, you can accomplish, you know, whatever you want. Um, you know, they're, they're, this, this country wants you to be comfortable and, and our government has set things up for that. Honestly, um, we take care of people, um, to some degree, but, um, you know, it's, it is, it's a, it's an opportunity or this, this country is a, is a land of opportunity. There's, there's, there's great resources. There's great wealth. And like I said, if you've got an idea and you've got the willingness to roll up your sleeves and get your hands dirty and figure things out, you can. And there's no excuse here. No excuse. So my perspective as an outsider is that uh, the big challenge we deal with in India and just generally Asia is that it's very kind of price point sensitive. So any product that you're putting out here, the cheapest product wins. Like yeah. that's that's the ground rule. So you got to have basically a huge number of products created to bring down your cost price. Sure. And that's, that's the key to business here. But I feel with business in America, um, people are a lot more open to spending money. People respect the quality of products way more. That's probably my reading of land of opportunity. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but my question to you, we spoke a little bit about the coronavirus situation. Uh, what are people in USA thinking about the whole situation? What's like, you know, everyone's attitude on an average? I know I know, there's like different people everywhere yeah. and all that. But on an average, what are people thinking? Um, everybody is freaking out a little bit. Because like I said, this is um, not something that we've ever experienced, at least that I know of, um, to this magnitude, at least not in... in my lifetime or my my parents' lifetime. Um, everybody is is very concerned. I think at first, when you know we hear or we heard about this coronavirus thing, it was something else. It was something over in China. It wasn't, you know, going to affect us, sort of like SARS or the bird flu or these other sort of you know auxiliary diseases or sicknesses. Um, we sort of thought that that that's what it was. And it was over there. It's not here. Once again, we're 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 safe, we're in America. And, um, and, uh, and then the proverbial shit hit the fan a little bit and things started to, <laughs> things started to get a little bit, a little bit uncomfortable. And it's like, whoa, wait a second. People here are dying. People here are catching it. And that's when everybody sort of like sat up and was like, uh oh, what are we going to do? And then everybody went out and, and bought toilet paper. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Everybody was buying toilet paper. Like st still to this day, a month later, the stores like have meat, they've got produce, they've got food. They don't have toilet paper. Everybody hoarded the to toilet paper apparently. And so, um, how are people, how are people like cleaning themselves up? <laughs> I, exactly. I, I it's, it's, but, uh, but no, people are, people are managing. I think everybody is now taking it very seriously and, um, and just doing what they need to do in order to stay safe. And I think that this environment that we are in is going to leave a lasting impression. And so once again, I think that one of the silver linings that has come out of this for, for, a world, for us as a world and us as a country here is that we're going to look at things a little bit differently. And I think that the things that we've taken for granted are going to be a little bit sweeter now. And the longer that this lasts, the longer that we are in isolation or quarantine, the longer or the more lasting and the deeper the impact is going to be moving forward. As an entrepreneur, what's your big business opportunity that you've spotted for the time period post coronavirus? Are you looking at things that way? Uh, because I mean, that's just the nature of being an entrepreneur, 
like you kind of think of how your consumers will behave what will happen to the world and they say that the biggest businesses are built in and around massive waves that hit the world so i strongly believe that uh, there's this whole thing called stay home economy basically people's requirements at home so you go around your own house you figure okay this is what's lacking here this is what's lacking here and the businesses which tap into those vacuums the businesses that say okay you know i think i should make a product for that which primarily is at home uh situations those are the businesses that that are going to take off but what's your kind of opportunity that you're seeing as an entrepreneur no i see that as as absolutely accurate um i think that there's this whole subculture of people um that that are called like preppers right they have you heard of that term prepper you're yes. a prepper have you heard of that yes okay yes but so, you you you'll need to explain it for the audiences so explain it yeah so a prepper is somebody who is preparing always preparing for like the apocalypse or a worst case scenario or not to have food or water for the economy to completely shut down and these people prepare and for years and years and years they've got stockpiles of foods they've got weapons they've got bunkers they've got they've got water sources they they thrive and they they live for an opportunity like this and so this is the first time it's actually happened though so all of these preppers and people that were prepared were finally like yes we're justified <laughs> we're vindicated we told you that this was going to happen and so <laughs> um and so there are a lot of companies that actually cater to that sort of that that mindset and so you've got a lot of prepackaged meals you've got you know the masks you've got water filtration systems i think that this is going to force a lot of people to start to develop a little bit more of a plan and and to be prepared for something like this and so i think that the amount of preppers that are going to come as a result of this after this is over is going to increase and any business that is in that space is going to do incredibly well i think home fitness is going to be another big thing uh because mm. during this time one of the first things that shut down were were fitness centers and health clubs and when that is taken away from you what do you do there's only mm. so much home workout stuff you can do with two chairs and and a gallon mm. of milk you know and so i think that a lot of people after this will start to um sort of develop maybe like a little bit of a a more structured uh fitness you know basically a home workout um equipment and dumbbells and things of that nature um and so it's funny because there there is a fitness a place around me that sells fitness equipment and my buddy mm. went in there to try and buy something and they've been sold out like it's sold out wow. yeah no, completely <laughs> they're like we've had the best month in our history and they've been over for like 25 years and so um so yeah so i think i think that is one thing that will will start to see an increase in that um and uh you know in terms of some trends that i think are going to you know take away the coronavirus i think um one one trend that i think is going to start to become more popular is men's makeup i think that is mm. actually going to be um not like eyeshadow and stuff like that but like you know tinted moisturizer and concealer pens for like acne yeah. i see that yeah. as sort of the next kind of like untapped men's grooming trend that is going to really cuz it's it, it's already popular in certain countries certain cultures and i think um i think that is going to be something that is going to be a trend that you you're going to see a lot more people getting into why why do you say that this thing is going to start popping after the coronavirus situation why specifically this trend um because i see what's happening 
I think before this happened. And, and um, I think that more people are getting comfortable with the fact that, um, and, and I'm, like I said, it's not like eyeshadow and lipstick, but it's just grooming products that are designed to help even out your skin tone and just give you the confidence. Um, I think that for a long time, makeup has been taboo for men. And when you hear about men's makeup, you think, oh, you know, real men don't wear that. And I think that one of the the beautiful things about the time in which we live is that it's more about, you know, feeling good about yourself, whatever that means, whether or not you want to actually cover up a pimple or you want to get rid of the dark circles underneath your eyes. I think this is allowing us to be more free. And I think that that is going to be a trend that is going to, to increase in the next coming years, I think. I, I believe that that's going to be a very popular thing, just like men's grooming products, right? Men's skincare was not really a big thing 10 years ago, eight years ago, and now it's huge. I think men's makeup is going to be one of those, those next hot markets. Um, do, you, do you think that the fashion and grooming industry in general is going to take some kind of a hit because of the coronavirus situation, because maybe people are going to head out less or, you know, at least see, yeah, that's the way it works in India. Like, I believe that something like the deodorant industry or the perfume industry, they might take a hit here because guys in India usually only put on a perfume when they're going out on a date because they want a girl to smell them yeah. or, you know, they, uh, I, I'm sure it's like that for all men all over the world. Yeah. Um, so what we're seeing here in the U.S., um, apparel has taken a big hit from the coronavirus because you're not going, you have no reason to go out and buy a really cool pair of shoes because you don't have anywhere to wear them. Um, mm. You know, a T-shirt, you know, I don't need any more T-shirts. I'm not wearing it. I'm not going to be going out anytime soon. So I'm not going to buy that. Grooming has taken a slight hit, uh, but but personal care products are still staying relatively strong. Uh, both of my, my, my company, my, my hair grooming company, as well as my skincare company, um, they're still holding their own. They're, they're doing okay during the time. Now we've had to modify our offer. We've had to offer some incentives and deals and things of that nature, but so far, knock on wood, um, the grooming space is still reasonably strong. Got it. Because I think it's self-care. That's something people want to do on a regular basis. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I know you don't have five-year plans, but in your head, do you have a roadmap when it comes to your own businesses? Like, do you think that, okay, now I've set up like a hair care product. Now I've set up a skincare thing. Now I've set up like something else. So at some point, are we going to see like an Aaron Marino clothing line? Like, do you think of your life like that? Yeah, I think what I, uh, if I'm being honest, um, I think that at some point, if I continue on the trajectory that I am with my two businesses, Tiege Hanley, my skincare company, and um, and Pete and Pedro, my my grooming company, I think at some point um, I will be in a position or have be offered the or have the ability to possibly sell one or both of those businesses to a bigger conglomerate. Um, and at that point, I think what I will be doing, honestly, I, I want to do more like if I do that, then I'll have more cash in order to, um, you know, help other entrepreneurs and do some more angel investing. Also, I think about, um, I think about going in and, and, and actually, you know, starting sort of different initiatives to help other entrepreneurs, maybe, you know, provide seed money or, you know, a mentorship program. I think of myself once I'm able to sort of 
be in a position where money literally is no, no issue. I've got, you know, enough that I can not only support myself for the rest of my life and my family, I have enough to actually help other people realize their dreams. I think I'll be doing that. Um, you know, and in terms of uh, my business enemy, the sunglass company, I feel like that's a very strong brand. And it's something where I don't have any pressure on it right now. I'm growing it very slowly, but I feel like that could be potentially something where I expand out of just eyewear and get into clothing and things of that nature. I think that could be a potential outlet for that. And so in the back of my head, I think, okay, five years, that could be something that's more present in my 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 sort of my my wheelhouse in terms of what I'm doing. I think that for that to happen, though, one of these other two big businesses has to go away. I really enjoy talking to you, Aaron. Like I've enjoyed talking <laughs> to just... you. Why have we not done this sooner? <laughs> <laughs> I do have some more questions. Uh, it's going to go a little bit on the personal side. I want to know about your family life. Like, what's the guy, Aaron, behind Alpha M? Like, you know, when you take your uh, superhero costume off, what's your family life like what's your love life like what kind of role has your wife played like even before this started out yeah no i uh i'm i'm very happily married i've been uh married now let's see i got married in five six of seven so what is this 13 years and um and before that we were dating for four and so i've been with my wife now for you know almost going shoot it's almost you know 17 years 17 18 wow. years um and she is she's my rock she has been um, there through the very hard times and, and continues to be here for the good times. Um, you know, but they're still hard times, you know, relationships are hard and they take work and anybody who thinks that it's all just, you know, amazing all the time is, is, is definitely not, not, not basing their, their presumption or assumption in reality. It takes work and it takes two people constantly be willing to put in the time and the work, just like anything. If you don't, if you don't take care of something, it will die. And your relationship is no different. Um, before then I, I dated, before I met her, I dated, you know, successfully. Um, you know, I did a little bit of internet, it did a little bit of internet dating. That was back when the internet dating thing was just starting. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we have a very happy, very happy life. Um, we don't have any children and, um, that was a personal decision that we've made. And, um, and, Let's see what else. Um, now behind the camera, it's it's. I work a lot, but when I'm not working, we enjoy going out to eat. We enjoy going on on long walks and and you know vacationing a little bit and just being together and um, and just just being very present in our relationship in our life. With the intensity of work that you're putting in, how do you balance out like your family life? Because honestly, I've had a couple of relationships through this beer biceps journey and they've ended I, I won't say completely because of a lack of work-life balance but that was definitely a factor uh I mean I've, I've, I've grown up a lot now uh, I'm not that same guy I'm not as you know um I, I know I know how to manage my work-life balance a lot better now but uh, hey it's always good to get some advice when it comes to work-life balance I, you could give me advice. I'm not sure how to do that. Um, I, I don't know what it means because I don't have children. My businesses, my entrepreneurship is my baby. And, um, mm. and it's something that, that I nurture. It's something that I love and I give attention to all the time. And even if, you know, you're not with your children, you know, you're thinking about them. You're, you're, you know, worried about them. You're, you know, managing them. My businesses and my, my career has been my baby. 
And so, um, you know, so I am always, you know, working to some degree, even if I'm, you know, sitting on the couch, you know, relaxing, you know, that is part of the process of, of not thinking that you can out grind, you know, and just there, that, that I think that's one of the, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Everybody online knows Gary V. I think one of the potential negatives that can come out of listening from him, listening to him is that it, it puts people in the mindset that you have to work as hard as Gary Vaynerchuk. And if you're not, if you're not working 24, 7, 365, you're not successful or you're slacking. And so I think that he does not do a very good job of explaining, you know, that it's not, and, and for him, he doesn't have it. And for him, he's, he's doing what he knows to do right now and it's working for him. But I think for a lot of people, most people, you can't endure that. You need time to shut your brain off. And so for me, I exercise every day, typically twice a day. And so you know, exercise is, is a way it's my outlet. It is my release. It is my, it is, it is one of my biggest passions. And so, um, no, so my work-life balance, I don't know what that really means. You know, it's, um, and my wife, she, she works still, she has a good job. She's a marketing director for a big engineering firm. And so she understands, and she's also seen my, my growth and my struggle from day one. And so, she understands where the passion comes from and the fact that I, I work harder than anyone she knows and she's okay with it. Because of this intense YouTube grind, have you ever cried to her? Not about that. She's seen, yeah, she's seen me cry, but it wasn't YouTube. It was when my other, when my fitness center was failing, that was, that was the low point. Yeah, she's seen me cry, absolutely. But back then, yeah, that, that's, when it was, that's when it was hardest for me. And so, yeah, definitely some tears were shed. Um, you also mentioned that, you know, relationships require work. So could you break that down? Like, what do you mean? You've got to be willing to put in the time and the energy into your work, just like anything. Right. And, and you've heard this analogy before. I've, I've heard this analogy a hundred times that relationships are like a flower. You plant it, you give it a little bit of water. It starts to grow, right? What happens if you stop watering it? Of course it dies. It withers because it, it, it's unattended to. The same thing happens in relationships. You've got to be willing on a daily, weekly, monthly, annual basis to put in the time and to not get distracted um, by shiny objects. And what I mean by that is, um, it, I think that, you know, in our society, I think it's gotten really weird in terms of we're, we're bombarded by, by imagery of beauty and, and this feeling of wanting and, and longing for and, and not having this. And so we think and we are, we are conditioned to think that the grass is greener on the other side. When the grass is green right where you are, if you can find somebody that you love, that respects you, that is your partner, that is, is, is there for you and that you just enjoy hanging out and chilling with, you know, that's the person that, that you should be with, you know, you know, beauty fades, but personality, character, and integrity does not. And so don't get distracted by shiny objects, thinking you're missing out, give the attention and the energy into your relationships and your relationship, both, you know, with your, with your partner, but also with your family, invest in the people that love you and that, that deserve your continued support. Why did you choose to marry your wife specifically? What did you see, you know? Um, <laughs> everything. Um, she was just, she was, she was perfect for me. You know, um, what, some of the things that I respect most about her is that she's a very hard worker 
And, um, and she left home when she was 16 years old because she had not the greatest family situation. And so, um, you know, she's a, she's a survivor and she has, despite her circumstances, thrived. And, um, and a, heart, a, a work ethic um, and a compassionate heart are two things that, that I find incredibly attractive. And so those were two things that automatically attracted me to her. It also matches with your personality. Yep, exactly. <laughs> it just kind of fits, right? Okay, Aaron, my last question for you on the podcast. Actually, I've got a couple of last questions. The second last question <laughs> okay. is when you're dying, what do you want written on your tombstone? How do you want people to remember you? Um, I don't know. Um, just somebody who helped a lot of people. I mean, I think okay. that's it. That's, I mean, what else is there? I think that's kind of the overarching theme of, of what I'm trying to do. And, um, you know, if I, if I, at the end of the day, you know, when I'm, when it's all over, you know, if, if I help people and I uh, helped a lot of people and, and help people feel better about themselves, that's all, that's all I need. You believe in karma? You know what I do. karma is? I do. Very much so. <laughs> that's a huge aspect of your work, right? That's how you look at your work, I'm sure. Absolutely. Karma. Yep. It is, it is real. And with the, with the amount of people you're helping, I, I, I believe it's a way of God and the universe giving back to you, man. Like with all your businesses being successful and all that. I believe um, so. Yeah. And you, you know the way you help people. You know, you get guys to be more confident. But there's also these selected YouTubers you help all over the world unknowingly. Because I've had moments where I've broken down in front of my business co-founders. I've broken down in front of my girlfriends. And uh, often they've referenced your channel and they've said that, look at this man. Like he's just going for it. Like he's always putting out content with a very calm kind of energy. And I understand that you're way old, you're older than I am. Uh, so there's a certain level of maturity and, uh, you know, experience. And that's why you're able to do it. But I still want to ask you, like, what's your, like, I, I kind of want to build out something similar to what you've built out as well. So I'm open to absolutely any advice you have for me, any kind of feedback. If you think I can improve in any aspect, I'm all yours. And this is something I've wanted to ask you since 2015 when I first saw you. I'll tell you, I, I look at what you're doing and I'm astounded. Um, I don't have, I think, I don't have really any feedback other than to say congratulations and keep working um, hard. I mean, that's literally, I think that everything you're doing, you're on the right track and you are... Um, so far ahead of me when I was your age that like, who am I to give you advice, right? You are figuring this out and, and you're going to make mistakes. Um, the only advice I would say is, is don't beat yourself up and just, you know, understand that the process is going to require you to, you know, have those, those breakdowns. And, and when you do, it's okay, you know, don't beat yourself up, but just get back you know, get your mind straight and focused and, and continue helping people and, and moving in the right direction. But you're doing such a good job. I think that, you know, your journey is, is one, you're just getting started, brother. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Aaron. Um, you know, I, I will be pestering you in the future on like maybe some personal phone calls the next time I'm feeling low about something. But uh, man, I cannot thank you enough for doing this episode, not just from the perspective that you did it, but uh, we've wanted to do these kind of podcasts for a while. I just needed to find my first hustler who'd be ready to set up on their end. <laughs> so I'm from, your guy. I, I'm, 
so here's the deal. Now we're going to have to do another one for my podcast that I'm about to start. And, uh, and yeah, this is just so much fun. When you, when your team reached out to me, um, I was like automatically, I was like, yes, whatever he wants to do. The answer is yes. I'm excited. And, um, like I said, I've been a fan for years and just to watch you grow and the impact you're having has just been amazing. And so keep doing what you're doing, brother, because it's, uh, it's definitely changing the world. You have no idea how much that means to me coming from you. So trust me, I've like you're one of those people that I respect the most in the world because I feel like if there was no Alpha M, there wouldn't be a beer biceps. At least not the way it is built out today. So thank you for the blueprint, brother. Like you it's just it's something, it's something like very close to my heart. I really appreciate you. God bless you, man. I'm gonna be linking all of Aaron's handles down below. I'm gonna be linking his Instagram, his YouTube. Go follow, go subscribe. Aaron, <laughs> any last signing off message? for the tons of brown people watching this. Brown people everywhere. Just know that I love you so much and thank you for everything. And I could never, ever repay you uh, just for all of your love and support and, and to keep working hard, keep your head up. Regardless of where you are right now, it does not mean that you are going to be here forever. Just stay focused. Do not let your, your past define who you are and uh, keep reaching for your dreams. Know that it will and can get better. And that you've got people out there like myself and Mr. Beer Biceps that are rooting uh, for you. And, um, and just, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, stay strong and, and be amazing. And, uh, you know, Renvir, just the fact that they've got you, um, you know, it, it means a lot. And so congratulations to them for you and you for them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you a million times. I will see you guys soon. And hopefully Aaron and me will create a lot more videos together. Absolutely. You bet. See you around. See you. Gentlemen, thank you for listening to this episode. As always, I appreciate your support. Once again, if you found this episode or any of the content I've put out in the past helpful, please leave a rating and review on the platform you're listening to this on. Once again, every week, we're going to read out and feature a few of my personal favorite reviews. And if you're looking to upgrade your sunglass game, don't forget to check out Enemy.com. Honestly, the quality of these glasses for the price is insane. Just read the reviews. Gentlemen, stay awesome.